listen, every series has ups and downs, highs and lows. We just have come to that point where we're about to hit our first real low point of the series. First of many low points of the series. Well, that, the first four were pretty solid overall. Now we're getting into the next stage of Michael Myers movies. Halloween 5. Revenge of Michael. What the fuck is he taking revenge for? I don't know. I I, I don't know. The, the, the Return of Michael Myers, Revenge of Michael Myers. These subtitles are always lazy as shit. I mean, Revenge of, make of, of Michael Myers makes no sense in the context that he does not care about revenge. He just wants to kill his niece. Well, folks, part four came and went, made $17 million at the box office, which made our good old pal Mustafa Khad have dollar signs in his eyes and felt like, hey, Let's get this next one out as soon as possible. Production of Part 5 went into... Part 5 went to production immediately, coming out one year after Part 4, which it's very hard to do a sequel that quickly. Usually you can tell if it's rushed and it feels like there's a lot of plot holes and the script didn't get enough rewrites. And Yeah, I mean, look at Evil Dead Rise. That takes place 10 years after Evil Dead. That better be damn good with the amount of time <laughs> they've had to make that one. Um, so... Halloween 5 also, even though it's going to really go with part 4 in terms of picking up where the story leaves off, fortunately, we have a whole new director, a whole new writing crew. This is not going to be the, the same movie. Well, what we definitely know it's not the same movie when we see the uh, a recap of the previous movie showing us stuff that didn't happen in the previous movie. Like I think more <laughs> of that ground went down with Michael when he went. What the hell? In the part four, Michael gets shot to shit. And it goes down a well. Part five tells us he ends up in a, yeah, in, a, in the damn river and shit. After going down, I guess, a sinkhole of an entire ruined house, a bomb drops on him. <laughs> yes, I said that correctly. A bomb, they fucking took dynamite, tied it into three, and dropped it down the hole. The sheriff and the people of the town, you would think they know the geography of the town a little bit. I understand. Okay, I guess the assumption is that, hey, we threw a bomb. He, he probably exploded. No one's found the body. They probably didn't even look. Well, once you look down there and be like, oh, well, this went to the damn river. Look, I don't understand. But, oh, okay, well, we need Michael live, so which, he's going to go on a little trip, a little, wee, Michael I, down the river. I will say one positive about this movie, and that comes from this uh, river scene. Michael faces his legs downriver towards the way he's going so that way if he does end up hitting something it's not with his head look if michael can drive i'm buying that he can swim also i mean he's not even swimming at this point he's just coasting he's just floating <laughs> you just make sure his legs are facing downstream uh, lucky for him there's an old hermit man across the river and he's a good samaritan even though michael tried to choke him he decides to baby him <laughs> for the next year okay all right this is almost its own separate movie here you're telling me this guy didn't call a fucking hospital or anything during this time frame. Uh, apparently he was lonely enough to really want a, a com- comatose roommate and nurse him back to health, I guess for you, a, for a year. <laughs> you know what he was probably listening to the whole time. You got a friend in me. This guy is like Annie Wilkes from misery. <laughs> except, <laughs> except he's not the villain. The villain <laughs> is the motherfucker in your bed. Has anybody suffered a worse fate ever than nursing Michael back to health only for him to Wake up and kill your ass? What the hell was this movie? Yeah, the people who thought their boyfriends were the ones killing them. Now, if you go on YouTube, there is actually, in on the Blu-ray, there was an entire different opening here. There was a character named Dr. Death. 
And the story was Michael floated into his neck of the woods and Dr. Death was going to be into things like the occult and a lot of voodoo type shit, basically. And instead of nursing Michael back to health, he's going to actually resurrect him through some kind of spell slash voodoo. And at that point, you're going to see the the thorn tattoo on Michael's hand. Yeah, because guess what? That thorn tattoo was not on Michael's hand throughout the entirety of the previous movie. Yeah. So the explanation was this was all going to be Dr. Death's doing. Now, the same result, Mike was going to wake up and kill his ass, of course. But Otherwise, uh, now that we're done explaining the stupidity of the bomb. No, well, the stupidity of all the characters for not following up on, is Michael alive? Is there a river down there? Let's go find this old man's house. Where did Michael float down to? Exploring all possibilities to make sure Michael's not coming back for your ass. Well, pretty much now we finally meet Jamie Lloyd again, and she has such a connection to Michael, she is watching him kill this guy. Wait a minute, did I miss something? Because I thought Jamie killed her mom and is now supposed to be the the new main villain. They already retconned that by saying she attacked her mom, but she didn't kill her. So they just weren't bold enough to move away from Michael and move into Jamie being a child killer. That would have made Halloween 5 extremely interesting, but instead we're going back to the well again. We're going to rehash a typical Michael Myers movie. Yep. Let's meet Rachel and Tina. We have what Nick deemed his favorite performance from the last movie, Rachel Carruthers. Yes. And his favorite part of the last movie, and I think maybe she'll be the favorite part for him of this movie. Tina. I hate Tina. (laughs) Tina's one of the worst characters in the series. How? She's fun-loving. She's energetic. She's literally the type of person where if if you go to a party with her, you're gonna have fun. You know, some people for me have this energy where it's it's energetic, but it's it's annoying energy. Now, Nick, you should know the fans hate Tina. She's one of the most hated characters in all of horror movies. Seriously? Yeah. I don't know why. She. Uh, it's probably because she was in such a shitty... I guarantee you, if she, she was in part four, she would have died. She has no character than just wild party girl energy. That's it. <sighs> well, again, she's probably more hated because they did try to give her more of Rachel's role. And then... Because she has no real connection to the situation of the previous movie, she has no reason to actually stay with Jamie. So instead of listening to Jamie, she does the stupid thing and goes out to a party. So I don't know if the writers watched part four because in part four, Rachel had a friend named Lindsay mm-hmm. who looked a lot, a lot like Tina. Mm-hmm. You could have easily made this character in part five the Lindsay from part four and it would have connected. But now we're to believe that in this last year of Rachel's life, traumatic year, she has a new best friend that was not around a year ago. And not only that, but this girl Tina has some connection with Jamie also. Now, the, char- the, the character Lindsay is supposed to be Lindsay Wallace. That Wasn't that the little girl from the first movie, right? Yes, correct. So here's the thing. With, I can already see why Lindsay's no longer with Rachel. After finding out the events of the previous movie, Lindsay said... Fuck this, I don't want to deal with that again. And then left, leaving Rachel behind, meaning now Rachel has to find new friends. And she finds Tina very quickly. Yes. And it has to be quick, because there's no way they have such a connection unless they spent the entire year together. Especially with, it seems like Tina has a tight connection with Jamie as well. Almost like she's gone to see Jamie every year, unless maybe she... Well, it's, it, it doesn't make sense, because Jamie's probably been... Um, not locked away, but whatever she is right mm-hmm. now in the hospital since that whole stabbing incident. What if Tina was used to be a nurse at this place? Yeah, but the movie doesn't give us that. We, if you have to build that backstory, it, it just doesn't make sense. That's, 
Sometimes people like it when you have to build. Well, that if you story. if you have to, you can forgive all plot holes if you make up something in your mind to forgive it. No, we can, we can theorize, but it doesn't make it okay. There's certain plot holes that can go die in a fucking hole. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't see Tina with all her partying as like uh, volunteering at the the nursing house or whatever. I didn't say volunteering. She, I'm saying working. I mean, she's in high school. I mean, I don't know if she's part time job. Uh, she doesn't a, have to be a technical nurse. She can be like the receptionist or something. Or, if I remember correctly, I think a nurse's aide does not have to be licensed yet. Anything serious enough where she interacted with Jamie a lot, I don't know. That's all I'm saying. Perceptions, maybe. But to where she'd have daily interaction with, with Jamie, a specific patient, I don't know. Again, that sounds like somebody more qualified would be in that situation. Again, I do feel like the reason people don't like her is because they built her up to be kind of this next caretaker of Jamie, in a sense. To be the... To literally be taken over Rachel's role after what happens to her, and then all of a sudden she's just like, "Nah, you're on your own." And I'm I, sorry, I, I still understand why Tina did it. She doesn't understand the situation because she was never in it. it. Tina feels like I think the backlash against Tina, I think, is because what she feels like is literally she'd be good as a side character. She feels like the best friend character. You have the main girl, and then the main girl's best friend, and Tina feels like the best friend, but then. Because of what's going to happen to Rachel, Tina's plugged into our main girl role now, and she's just kind of ditzy. You don't really make, you don't get that connection with her the same way you would, like say Rachel. Well, that's who felt also... like who had that more sort of homely girl next door feel. Um, but then again, I like ditzy girls. It's just fun to watch them fall. I I don't, I don't know, <laughs> uh, Tina. I would I think t- if Tina was a side character, I don't think there'd be the, the, the backlash. But then when the story starts revolving around her, you're like, oh, I don't necessarily like the actress either, but that's another story. Oh, my gosh. But yeah, there's, maybe she doesn't deserve the backlash she gets in terms of being probably the most hated character in the series, but she's not a good... And to, to your point also, our expectation from the beginning of the movie is that we're following Rachel still. So once that's not the case, having and, a, a lazy fill-in just feels weird. So. And I do have issues with... Rachel's death. Not oh, saying not. I don't. It's probably the worst thing about this movie. You're right. And then we get to the scene where Michael is starting to hunt her and target her because he also is going to start isolating Jamie from her friends, family, and loved ones. And she, given the trauma she probably has from the year before, is in a house by herself. Well, that's on, because, on on Halloween. That's because her parents left for. You'd think her parents wouldn't be leaving on Halloween, at least without her. I would think she would be with her would be with friends all be with friends pretty much at the entire time of that day. Yeah. Never be left alone in a house where Michael can get you like that. Yeah. I mean, if this was maybe two years and nothing happened, two or three years and nothing happened, yeah, I can understand why. Your guard would be down a little bit. Yeah, then. but after one year, this is your very first Halloween after that, eh, the trauma would come back. You'd probably make sure that you were out of town or that you were with friends all day. I just I think fans don't understand and I don't understand the decision to Kill off so quick. Yeah, and even the actress was stunned. And originally she wasn't going to do it because the original death was going to be Michael shoving scissors down her throat. Oh, damn. And she thought that was just, like, stupid. So she initially declined it, and then, as she said, they threw in some more money, and she was like, all right, we'll do it. But I'm not getting scissors down. I'm going to do something more respectful for Rachel, I guess. Yeah, and to be fair, it still wasn't respectful. Um, Because respectful for Rachel would be killing her, like, halfway through the movie. Again, because that would also be... A lot of people are probably assuming Rachel is going to be safe because she was our prior hero. 
And even the Friday the 13th movies at this point, none of the heroes besides Alice actually get killed in the next movie. I think I think also the audience would accept it more if like, because the idea would be like, okay, by killing Rachel, we're leaving Jamie alone and now she doesn't have that big sister figure. But if you're going to immediately throw Tina into like, she's now the big sister figure, it's like, just continue that role with Rachel. Like, or maybe, yeah, kill, maybe kill off Tina in the way you killed off Rachel. And then you can kill off Rachel in a later scene that we are going to talk about. Well, Tina's still playing the party side girl role. It just happens to be they want her to be that and then also double down as the big sister main character female as well. Right. But she's still going to go out and party with her friends as if she's like that side character. And honestly, I'm still fine with I'm still fine with that just because, again, she wasn't in part four. She has no connection. She doesn't understand what happened in part four. Yeah. So yeah. she has no reason to fear. For her, it's just Halloween, even though she wasn't part of it, but she is close to Rachel and Jamie, so she maybe should be on guard a little bit. Nah, um, not her. Not If she was actually in the movie, if, if this was Lindsay, oh yeah, she'd be on guard. <laughs> so within the story, is the town basically on the impression that Michael's dead? Yes. Like the sheriff has said, Except, we blew him to smithereens. Yep, the only two that know he's alive is Loomis, and that is because Loomis wants to see the body, which is a fair point. Because Loomis knows from part two that you could burn him to a crisp and he still might be alive. Exactly. And Plus they shot him six times. And also he mentions that to Maker by showing off his hand and what Mike and what his actions to Michael have done to him. Yep. We must not forget Meeker lost his daughter just like Sheriff Brackett before him. Yeah, but un- unlike Sheriff Brackett, Meeker actually stayed to try and fight the good fight. I didn't see, In the trivia I was reading, um, one of the gaffes or uh, missteps in the movie. Apparently, at one point, Jamie is called Rachel's stepsister. She is, yeah. She's not her stepsister. She's a foster sister. Again, like, that's just lazy writing for that to be in the movie. Just silly. I mean, there's a lot of lazy writing in this. But, uh, like, apparently now there's this little kid who really likes Jamie. And the only reason I say that's lazy writing is because she de- she they introduce this character as a way for her to get out of this place later on in the movie. Talking about the man in black? No. I'm oh. talking about the little kid. Oh, Billy. Yeah. Yeah. They just wanted a reason to find a way to get her out of that house. Well, Jamie being a mute now, I feel like just robs us of her. Robs us of her. They basically change her character so much now. It's just a plot convenience that she can't talk. Like, Loomis is like, tell me! Tell me! Give me information! Yeah, that's another thing. Um, not saying that it wouldn't happen in real life. Not saying that there's anything wrong with it. But for some reason, even I feel like even Donald Pleasance knew that this was not going to be a good movie because he's hamming it the fuck up with this one. Well, he said it. He actually he told a magazine in an interview basically that he thought the story was stupid. <laughs> he didn't agree with the director. He didn't think the director knew what he was doing. <laughs> like, There's some, so some just, quotes. So he really did do this just to do it. He actually said, he said... I don't like where the story is going, but I'm not going to be here for any of it anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> what do I care? Like you said, because this, this whole thing with Loomis being so insane that he might as well be emotionally blackmailing this little girl and emotionally tormenting her. Well, Loomis, I mean, he's almost like, he's he's co-villain here with Michael Myers. Right. He's like willing to sacrifice Jamie to bring down Michael. Like he wants to use her as bait, basically. 
Um, and that's the downside because in the previous I, movie, he was all for trying to protect her. I think it's unrealistic, but I look, I kind of like unhinged Batchet Loomis. This is Loomis basically like so far gone down the Michael Myers rabbit hole that his entire life is basically just this obsession now. I'm all for it. Well, well, there is one little aspect of this movie that keeps popping up and makes no absolute sense. Uh, The Man in Black. There, we talked about it. That's all y'all get with this movie. Man in Black. Yeah, I mean... And not Agent K, either. Introducing a, a mysterious character with no payoff in terms of, like, no explanation. It doesn't work in the movie. I mean, in hindsight, then you're like, okay, it works because they explained it in a later sequel. But in this movie, it's just like it's so random that it's like, and, and why does horrible. we even need him in certain scenes? He just randomly shows up. The endings was to make the ending scene make a little bit more sense because honestly, that still makes no fucking sense. There, there's, <laughs> there's without an explanation, there's no payoff. Right. You introduce the character as if like you're a TV show and you're coming back for the next season, but. The truth is, the next movie after this is going to be six years after this. And there was no guarantee the next writer was going to pick up on the stupid Man in Black, Black storyline. So it's out of place, stupid. And even the, the creator said on set, um, they were saying, uh, some of the interviews were saying basically that nobody was told what the hell this Man in Black thing was. It was a late, <laughs> a late thing they, they shot to put into the movie. But nobody had any idea what it was or what it meant or anything. They were just like uh, blind. So honestly, take out the Men in Black stuff, take out the damn Curse of Thorn mumbo jumbo on his wrist, and this movie would not have changed. Yeah, that's actually it, the sad part. Well, it, it makes sense in hindsight now because <laughs> we know what's coming next. Because part six is going to actually go to great lengths to explain everything and make the make it like one trilogy between four, five, and six. But in the context of part five just coming out and watching it like in nineteen eighty nine. It's like, what What the hell is this shit? It doesn't make sense. Um, let's talk about Tina and her stupid friends, because I hate all these characters. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, first, let's talk about her boyfriend. I don't know how Mikey! This, how did this woman get a boyfriend like this? This woman who, she can have anyone she wants, decides to go with the, I'm too cool for this bad boy. Well, he's the Fonz character, but... Not even Fonz acted this shitty. What's what's weird is like he's such a he's he's in such a bad mood in the scenes he's in he's such a gr- like a, a grouch and it, it almost like yeah she's like bubbly and like like a right. more whatever and he's just like looks like he hates everybody's around him and I mean, hates for, himself and hates everything except his car he loves his car honestly I wish we would have gotten at least one more scene of just him and Tina so we can see how he re- interacts with just her. There has to be. With this kind of girl, he has to act something completely different. I don't know. We get, like, two scenes of him. Like, the the other guy, he talks to him, but he talks to him in a way of, like, first of all, basically treats him like a piece of shit to his face, and then the guy exits out, he's like, idiot. He calls him an idiot, like, when the guy, like, like this dude's just, like, yeah, too, too cool for his own good. That's why I feel like I want to see him re- interact with Tina by, her, by himself. There has to be something she sees in him. And I doubt it's that fucking car. Well, let's talk about his comeuppance because Michael's not playing no games this moment. No, so one thing I will say, my I feel like Michael in this movie is a little bit better, actually, than the previous Michael just because he's a little bit more methodical in this one than he was the previous. This Michael is more, his moves during the day are much more similar to part one, Michael, in terms mm-hmm. of 
There's a lot of more He's creeping in the shadows, stalking. Paying attention to what his victims are doing. Like, this guy, he realizes, okay, he really likes his car. His girlfriend just gave him a mask. He also I use these? <laughs> he also, he... He basically eavesdrops on the idea of this dude's going to be isolated by himself. Mm-hmm. He waits till he's isolated by behind the store, mm-hmm. and then he makes his move. But yeah, he eavesdrops like this guy cares about his car so much. I know how to get to him. And then when it comes to Tina, where he almost gets her earlier in the movie than what she actually does, it's because you know they both have the same name, which that, he doesn't care a shit about that. No, but that's kind of a coincidence because, well, I don't know. I guess it's weird because she's. It just has a fun thing where she's calling him Michael, Michael. Mikey, and it happens to be his name. <laughs> and then she also gave Mikey a mask for the Halloween party they're going to, which he uses to get her in the car. Yeah. Uh, wait, let's let's talk about the guy's actual death scene, though. Oh, yeah, he, get, he gets a, a garden hoe in his ass. I mean, his face. <laughs> his reaction to somebody screeching his car... He doesn't even look at like who's behind him. He gets out the car first. With the tire iron, getting ready to swing it. When he sees Michael, he's like, oh, shit. But then he still tries to fight him. Well, at that point, it's like, well, I've already made myself seem like a badass. I have to, I have to show him who's boss. <laughs> you know, Can't back down now. You know what's hilarious? In hindsight, knowing the rest of the series, <laughs> he tries to be Buster Rhyme. He's like, trick or trick. <laughs> but Michael's like, shut the fuck up. He tries to give the trick-or-treat motherfucker line that Buster Rhymes gives in Resurrection, and it just doesn't work because there's a weird edit where Michael stabs him. And then he just drops. But but it's, there's like a cut there in the middle, too. It's yeah. like really weird. But yeah, because they needed to put it to where it act, to where it actually pretty much is in his head. And then instead of filming that scene backwards, I feel like they filmed it forward, had to cut it, so that way they get the prosthetic on the head. That way they could actually show the impact, and then he drops. Next yeah. time, when you do scenes like that, you normally do them backwards. And usually, you know, usually I hate the whole introduce the character only to kill him in the next scene. I usually hate that, but I was eager to see this guy get his comeuppance because... And it, most of the time, guys like this don't get their deaths until later in the movie. And usually I like the characters to be likable. <laughs> I prefer them to be likable versus make them unlikable. It is back to form with the more methodical, strategic version. Oh, when he has her in the car, like he's not actually trying to kill her. Not yet. He's just playing games. Yeah, and then he start, and then he puts on his masks, where I'm assuming is where he was planning on killing her. There's kind of a bigger question here, though. Does she not know her own bo- boyfriend's body type? Why does Michael care about Tina and her friends? Isolation. Uh, I'm, Tina, I understand. Tina is to isolate Jamie. He's going to spend the entire clubs. day basically going after, like Michael's. Go, actually shows up to this party they go to. Huh? Is it possible Mark, Michael may not have the same... Uh, when you say isolation, like... Does Michael really know about Tina? Tina has that strong connection to Jamie? Maybe he he's, has a slight connection to Jamie that he knows who's around her. But Tina's off doing her own thing. So the isolation thing doesn't really make sense. Like, Tina's not planning to... Like... Tina's not in the way of him and Jamie. She's off doing her own thing with her boyfriend. It's kind of like a Michael like going on a random adventure to increase the body count. Well, also think about it this way. Most people end up doing stupid shit under duress. Jamie did do something stupid by leaving protection of that building she was at to try and get to Tina. Yes. So again, Michael still went after someone he knew could get her... Get 
her so out. So to lure her out, basically. Yeah. And it's okay. still, and also still the isolation bit is once the he, situation starts, he knew Tina was eventually going to be an issue. Even the isolation bit doesn't necessarily explain Michael going to great lengths to kill her friend, Tina's friends. Well, yeah. T- well, my, Mikey's one story. He had to kill her to get close to Tina. As for the friends, honestly, I think they were just wrong place, wrong time. The friends are all <laughs> in a barn having sex. Well, he was also in that barn because he was go- following Tina, but the friends went in with her. So Mikey's like, you know what? I'm here. Fuck it. I don't. I don't like them having sex. Right. <laughs> they gonna die. <laughs> Pretty <And> much. <laughs> what about the cops? Uh, oh, you mean officers Dill and Doe? Why is there like corny music that plays whenever they come on the scene? Be- that's why I named them Dill and Doe. What the hell, man? What if, that doesn't fit the tone of this movie. They don't fit the tone of this movie at all. No, the, the, you're doing this like serious movie with no humor. And also, this is the only time in this series where cops are bumbling fucking morons. They really are. They they see Michael and they're like, "Hey, come over here, guy!" And Michael's like slowly, like he's like, "Well, this is right after they did that prank on him." So they're thinking it's the kid again. Okay, but Michael walking up to the car with the weapon in his hand <laughs> and them just like poking the head out the window without at some point being like. Hey, don't approach us with that weapon in your hand. Freeze. Well, they honestly, uh, Officer Doe even mentioned, we're bad cops. We could have shot y'all. <laughs> never do a prank, because when they first saw the prank, they said, never do a prank like that again, especially to us, we are bad cops. See, my, my just thing is like, this middle part of the movie with Michael at the party and the bar and all that stuff like that. This should have been a massacre, it just, you're right. No, it just feels more <laughs> random versus like a part of the plot. It feels like, Okay, we in the in part four, he's going after Rachel and her friends because they happen to be with Jamie. It's all one thing, basically. Mm. His pursuit is just that. This is like feels like Michael going on some random side adventure with some idea that maybe this will lure Jamie out of the thing, but there's no way to know that. It's, no, just, it's all there bullshit. There isn't, but also at the same time, Michael technically could have learned from his mistakes because again, the previous movie he went straight for Jamie, he lost. So now he's like, okay, I need to get rid of people who could potentially defend her now. So that way, then it's just me and her. It doesn't help that. And it also even, even in that situation, the easy thing Michael could do is park himself inside of Rachel's house. Well, he technically no, does. Yeah, no matter what. Um, Which is weird that he doesn't kill Tina and Sam throughout the whole time. Yeah, okay. Doesn't, doesn't <laughs> kill him. But also... In terms of isolating Tina, Tina's gonna come. Tina's staying at Rachel's house for the weekend or whatever. Like, <laughs> Michael going to Great Lakes to be like, hey, I really want to see this party. <laughs> Adam. Well, I mean, you know what usually happens at party? Boobs. I don't think Michael gets off on that, though. I mean, he gets off on stabbing him, or in this case, chopping off Sam's head with That's a true. scythe, which I wish we would have seen that. That's true. Because um, this movie actually had some. I mean, part four did it better, but this one had some pretty decent kills. Mainly uh, only that bar scene, because, again, if we would have seen Sam's death, that could have been some great practical effects there. Yeah. Yeah, true. Uh, now yep. let's get to probably a scene that is actually pretty decent up to a certain point, and that is Michael using the car to chase somebody down. Michael's driving skills finally come in hand. Right, and the only time... And I'm just like, why didn't you do this earlier? And everyone... I guarantee you, if I look it up, probably everyone's going to be like, well, he should have caught caught up to her. He's chasing a seven-year-old girl with a car. He's like, yeah, in the woods. 
he still had to do a lot of twists and turns to get away from those trees. And you see that still didn't help. And going through that other spot with all the bushes, yeah, those bushes are going to slow down that car. In fact, it almost stalled out the car. I guess it is a fun scene because he is chasing little kids and it feels like they're in danger. Especially since one of those little kids honestly is expendable, Billy. And again, he's in a car. I've been pretty bold to take out Billy. (laughs) I would have taken out Billy. We lost Billy. Oh my God. They killed Billy. Um, Billy Loomis. I'd have been like, well, well, damn. Um, (laughs) Okay. Tina finally dies. Yeah. Personally, I'm happy. Oh, well, does she die though? She's on a stretcher at the end. She got stabbed. She I wasn't paying. Back. I wasn't paying attention that she was breathing or not. Because again, if she was dead, they would have had her in a body bag. They would have covered her completely if yeah. they didn't. But yeah, she, you, why would you? you they take her out with like her body like that. It, it looked like she just had passed out temporarily, which it could have very well been. But since she doesn't come up in anything else, yeah, fuck but, it. But the rest of the movie takes place like in the next. It's all on the same night, so yeah. she's taken to the hospital. It's not like Loomis wouldn't care to be like, oh, Tina update. Like, <laughs> like oh, here, So who's going to give the update to with the audience? No, T- Tina update, she showed up in part six as a character that was nameless on the street. No fucks given about Jamie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Which would make no sense to the character. Tina and Tina. If Michael, if everybody else is surviving all this stuff, Based on Hanfield Hospital being so great. <laughs> and Tina's going there. Worst case, she's in a coma for 10 years, and then mm. she wakes up. But I think she probably got out the hospital and was like, you know, I think I'm going to move on from this whole Jamie Michael thing. <laughs> right. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to contact her again. <laughs> right. I'm not her sister. I'm just a friend. I'm going to go off and do my own thing. I think she probably went off to college. So. Right. And then we get our... How do you make the last 15 minutes boring as all fucking hell? I don't know. I know people say, you know, because you're following a little kid, this little kid's being chased, it makes it more intense because obviously a kid can't really fight back against an adult, but I'm just thinking, but yet it's probably the most boring thing in the entire series. I do like the, um, I like Michael being strategic again in terms of like luring the cops away from the house. Mm Mm-hmm. So that he can isolate. And then Loomis being ahead of him being like, oh, now you'll come, Michael. Which means also Michael has to know that Jamie has that connection. Because why else would he lure the cops away from the house in that way without them, without him being like, well, how am I going to get them over here? If I kill this person now, how are they going to know I killed them? There's a funny line with the cops of the house where uh, <laughs> Meeker's giving all these instructions over the thing. And Loomis is like, we can't see you, Sheriff but we all can hear you. Loomis basically saying, shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> you're blowing our cover with your light ass voice. Um, and then uh, I do like the death with the cop who gets like strung up and hung out the, the house. Uh, yeah, but uh, again, this this is like the last 15 minutes of the movie. It's supposed to be the most uh, intense part. And yet, I almost fell asleep. I think you were just sleepy. <laughs> do I look sleepy? You hadn't had your do yet. <laughs> Actually, I had three already. Holy shit. You're a cyborg. <laughs> um, I, by, by this time in the movie, after I've seen a part four and then watching part five, I was a little bit over, you know, Michael chasing little kid, Jamie Lloyd. They try to throw in the wrinkle of like Michael revealing himself basically and like basically Jamie almost being able to emotionally reach him. And then Michael's like, nah, put, let me put the mask back on. Forget that. 
Um, and then I do kind of like Loomis trying to reason with Michael and be like, I can take the rage away! The rage! You'll notice, it's very apparent now that Michael never wants to kill Loomis. He always gives him like a quick side blow and then gets him out the way pretty much. Yeah. Well, he, probably, uh, he does still have some kind of respect for Loomis. He listens to what he says. He considers it. And then he's just like, nope, I'm better off doing this. But but he never uh, gives Loomis the death blow. Um, this ending, I don't know, man. It's kind of weird. It's like. He strings up it's, it's, Michael it, in a net. And then I kind of like it because, again, I, I don't mind batching Loomis. Loomis is like basically playing like like uh he's putting jamie in front of him be like come get the girl she's right here it's just like and the girl's like what are you doing it's just kind of funny but loomis's plan is like basically capture michael michael in a net and then a chain net tranquilize him which makes no sense you want to kill him why would you trank him well he does then beat the shit out of him with a pipe so <laughs> not a pipe but two by four and of course that does jack all again what? No, he beats the shit out of Michael. Michael's unconscious. Well, that's because he got tranked. Yeah. Well, at this point, you know what I would have used instead of a trank? That elephant gun in Burt Gummer's rec room. I think Loomis at this point feels like this is a fair point, though. I think he's thinking we can't kill this guy. He's better off just back to like going back to prison or being locked away somewhere where he can be contained. Which also, here's a question. You're telling me Michael allowed this whole group of cops to just arrest him? And they let him keep his mask on. Right. He's in jail with the mask on. <laughs> this is the that's the goofiest thing seeing Michael sitting there like, when do I get my phone call? Right. I, I gotta call the man in black. Um, just just standing there. Like, uh, uh, interesting uh, thing about interesting about the ending, a couple of interesting things is that There's nothing interesting about this bullshit. Well, <laughs> when Loomis collapses on Michael, when the movie first came out, the way it was written was Loomis actually died from a heart attack passing on Michael. So that's what the director says. He says, my intent is that he's dead. Um, which might have been a better ending for him than not having an ending in part six, per se. But, <laughs> oh, no, um, he has an ending in the theatrical cut. Yeah, well, that, no, the, no, the producer's cut, he has an ending. No, the producer, I think the producer's cut is the one where he ends up technically the new whole handler of Michael, whereas mm-hmm. the theatrical cut, he's technically killed. No, he, the theatrical cut, he just screams at the end, but there's no... With Michael gone. They don't Michael say. killed him. They don't show anything, though. Michael killed. He could have well, that's because he was also dead in real life. That, the, that's why the producer has more of an ending. It actually <laughs> gives that an actual ending. Um, also, in the jail scene at the end, Meeker's not there. But they filmed the alternate scene where Meeker is there, and you see his dead body. But they took that out the final one, leaving us like, what the hell happened to Meeker? Um, is Meeker even in the next movie? No. Okay. Because... As written filmed, he dies in this one at the end. They just don't show it, so it's just what the hell. They show the you have, you can infer that because the whole police station's fucked pretty much. I yeah, because Man in Black comes in with a Tommy gun, and instead of having any competent cops this time around, he just picked up the first couple of doodads and deputized them because you know the entire police force got killed in the previous movie. That they all know that no one knows how to use a fucking gun. Nope. And they all get shot the shit. This is the second time in a year period where the Haddonfield police station has been destroyed. <laughs> um, Meeker's a really bad sheriff because that both times happened under his watch. First time was his fault. This time, I think he's probably waiting with Michael in custody for probably like the FBI or someone to come to get Michael's then, body. Then, then he should be 
we should have seen his dead body because there's a uh, there's a picture. I don't know if there's a, the, the, a deleted scene of it, but there's a picture of his dead body. <laughs> so if you look online, there's a screenshot of it, but I don't know if we, they've ever shown the actual scene of that. Well, then the movie ends with little Jamie Lloyd going, no. This is such a weird, depressing, and again, the Men in Black thing is such a lazy ending. It's just Especially like, considering what apparently happened when credits rolled. Oh, my God. And we'll go on to that load of BS when we get to that movie. Oh, okay. you you think I was passionate about this? No, wait until tomorrow. Wait until next week. Um. All right. Well. <laughs> Best performance for me, it's Tina. Tina's horrible. I like, She's the worst character in the series. I well, I can't give it to Rachel. She didn't have enough time to become a character again at least with tina it's technically what rachel would have been had they done it correctly um but tina overall annoying did did everything a normal high school girl would do in this kind of situation she even though she cared about a girl she doesn't understand the situation because she wasn't she was never in a situation like this so decided hey you're gonna be fine you're protected by all these people around you i'm gonna go to be with my friends and then I'll be back here later. I'm sorry. Name one teenage person that would not have done that. She felt real to me, which is why I actually like her compared to the rest of the cast. Cause I can't give it to officers dildo. You could actually, <laughs> <laughs> you, you gave it to a part four. You gave it to the Rachel. The... I gave Rachel the best. Oh no. Yeah. I'm talking about, I'm thinking the worst performance. You gave it to like the, the people that don't pick up women <laughs> right. Um Best performance. I'm going to go with the dude that played Mikey. Because he made me not like him a lot. <laughs> so the actor did a good job of creating a very unlikable character in two scenes. His whole attitude. Fantastic. Um, right. Worst performance for me is Officers Dill and Doe. There you go. By the way, that's not their actual names. That's just what I'm calling them. I don't know what their actual names are. But they literally break the movie because it makes no sense. What's with the goofy tone? Are they supposed to be this version of like Starsky and Hutch or some bullshit like that? Because I think even they were supposed to be competent. Yeah. It was it was very badly placed in the movie. Um, it'd be kind of lazy for me to give it to Tina since she is the most hated character <laughs> in the franchise. And I bet a so, lot of people who listen to this are like, Really? Yeah. Did Nick really give it to her? I do think that I think the actress is annoying, honestly. She she has a scene with Loomis where she's complaining. She's a nine year old girl and like she's delivering the line so terribly, it's just mind boggling. But uh, that said, I think, man, do I want to give it to the cops? (laughs) I'm gonna give it to Billy the kid. Okay. Just they're annoying. I, I don't like child actors per se. You know why they call him Billy, right? No. Because he's Billy the Kid. Nice. My job is the puns. Right, let's <laughs> it's not even a pun. Yeah, I'm surprised he wasn't walking around with a six-shooter. I'm surprised his costume was not a Western-style bank robber. Best scene? Best scene. Uh, for me, it's actually the car chase scene. Like I said, it's the only scene that's act- that actually is worthwhile to watch. It's I did. It was the only one where I actually felt... No, I just felt like I could actually watch it without falling asleep. 
If that's I, saying something, I'm sorry. I like that scene. I, I like Michael interacting with Loomis in the house at the end because um, by that point, this is the only two characters I actually feel like I care about. So maybe less so Michael. <laughs> I, I, I like Loomis trying to reason with Michael and to actually talk him out and getting him to drop the knife only for Michael to be like, no, yeah, fuck get you. Out here, get out of here. Um, Worsing? Worsing. The whole mm. ending for me. The entire time in that damn house. I don't know if they thought it was intense watching Michael stab a damn laundry chute 50 times, realizing, hey, she's not in this specific area. I'm going to aim a little higher or a little lower. Well, obviously not lower. He could have grabbed her. But I don't know if they thought that was supposed to be intense. I don't think, I don't know if they thought us watching her go throughout the entirety of the house was intense. I don't think, I don't know if they thought us thinking Loomis was going to give her to Michael what was us thinking, oh my gosh, Loomis finally lost his marbles when, to be honest, it, it was something you could see a mile away. And that's without looking up. <laughs> I mean, the whole thing was just boring. Made no, I didn't give two shits if he got Lord, Jamie or not. And then the whole thing of showing his face, I don't, Michael didn't even do that with with his sister, with Lori. She had to pull it off his face for him. Mm-hmm. He would not have done that for Jamie because he wouldn't have had as much of a connection to Jamie as he does Lori because Lori's more blood family, whereas Jamie's more, <laughs> bless you, Jamie's just a niece. Yeah. There's no real, there shouldn't be that much of a connection other than they are family. True. So fuck the ending of this movie. Worst scene, I want to give it to like all the Men in Black scenes, but very specifically something that annoys me is that in the house at the end, when when Jamie finds Rachel's dead body, it it seems like how they filmed it, they she had much more of a reaction to Tina dying than Rachel dying. Oh yeah, that was one thing I wanted to mention throughout our review. Why the fuck does Jamie care more about Tina than Rachel in this movie? I don't know. I feel like... Her seeing Rachel's body should have been like a very, very traumatic thing for her. Right. Even though she would have initially seen it and she never mentions it to anybody. Which and, means maybe she can sense it but not see it. I don't know. Which is just weird because she saw the others. Did she see them or did she sense it? To my knowledge, it looks like she saw it. Like she visually gets like a, the movie in front yeah. of her? Like when the guy was being... When the... Good Samaritan was being killed. She was pretty much thrashing around violently because of what was happening to him. Mm-hmm. Either way, it's just, it goes back into the disrespect of Rachel that she's just like a mindless body to be thrown at the I end. Mean, did for... Mustafa not actually like the actress that played Rachel? No, she afterwards actually, he actually, he afterwards said that he regretted doing that. I think what happened was they rushed the movie out so quickly they didn't have time to actually think about it. No, there's ways to kill off the character and be respectful about it. Like, again... Uh, just switch Tina and Rachel's deaths. Around. Absolutely, you. I mean, that's that would have been an ending. That would have been a a death that was least deserving of the character. Yeah. So, and everyone, and I guarantee you, everyone would have liked that more than because I guarantee because I bet if you looked it up, there's a lot of people arguing about Rachel's death, about how pissed off they are at that. Speaking of that, <laughs> there's a lot we could choose from, but something you would change about the movie. <laughs> Oh man. Um, can we change the movie? No. Damn. You gotta change one thing. 
I was going to take this out and put on H2O. Um, That's not not an acceptable answer. Okay, <laughs> well, the change one thing about the movie. Honestly, just in, I'm going to say this just in case because I feel like even if Rachel was switched out with Tina, I feel like we still would have gotten the same fucking fucked up boring ass ending we got. So I would change the ending to be a little bit more intense. Tad bit shorter because, again, it may be 15 minutes, but it felt like it was 30. Yeah. A tad bit shorter or that way, maybe if it's an eight-minute scene, it would actually feel like eight minutes. Yep. And it'd be more impactful True. versus being like, I don't give a flying fuck what happens to Jamie. Yeah. Um. So much to choose from, but just the central story in terms of just, I would have picked up with Jamie actually killing her mom and being the killer. <laughs> I would have liked to see that movie. And then having Rachel have to find a way to kind of bring, instead of killing Jamie, because obviously a grown woman would be able to kill a little kid, but try and find a way to kind of bring Jamie back to earth in a sense. And also, of course, as a runner up, remove all the man in black bullshit, unless you're going to give us an explanation in this movie. Even a little sliver explanation. Something. We don't need the full thing until the actual next movie, but you could have gotten something. Doing some stupid cliffhanger ending as if you're going to be pumping out like a sequel the next year and then six years go by. It's just, that's just silly. I'll I'll go first on the final thoughts. I like the Halloween series a lot. For me, it's up there with all the other big horror series. But every series comes to a place where... You just say, what? That movie for this series so far is Halloween 5. <laughs> Halloween 5 is at least 5,000 5, times worse than the original. I don't know what they were thinking, what they were doing. I'm sure it was rushed because of the money aspect. But this movie needs about 11 script rewrites. It needs to really just slow down and rethink things completely. I didn't like the characters. I didn't like any of the storyline developments. Michael himself was an improvement over Michael from part four, but still not a standout Michael. It's not in the top three or four Michaels in the series. Too many plot holes. Too much silly things like the corny music when the cops appear. I don't mind Loomis being batshit crazy, but kind of a silly ending with him also. <laughs> in terms of tranquilizing, catching Michael and Ned being the shit out of him. I can see why people hate Tina. Based on the perception of the movie, she's considered a net negative. Man in black bullshit. Disrespecting Rachel Carruthers and having her die in the first 25 minutes when she was probably the most popular character from the previous one. There's just too many negatives there, man. And, and of course, we didn't, we didn't dwell on the beginning part of the, the old man taking care of Michael for a year. <laughs> Nursing him back to health so he can have some companionship, yeah, I guess. That could have been its own movie. That, that's his own adventure right there. They should do a, a prequel just taking place in that year. <laughs> Um, so basically not much positive to say this movie gets the rare time because usually I'm pretty optimistic about everything but this movie gets the rare one star for me one star I only could rewatch it if I'm having to watch the entire series otherwise part five would be the first one that I skip from the marathon it's not much value here one star Halloween 5, get out of my life. <laughs> so, this is where me and Vic actually agree, because I'm also 
going to end up giving it a one star and I'll give you, and I'm just going to leave y'all with this little bit of trivia. It's not really trivia. It's just my own saying when I'm, when this movie, this entirety of this movie makes all the hotel scenes of season of the witch look like a masterpiece, you know, you got a shitty movie. I don't know how, but they did it. I never thought I could see anything worse than the hotel scenes of Season of the Witch. But those still had more entertainment than this movie. This movie was boring. It was slow. The music was there, but that can't save it. It wasn't even standout music either. No. The characters might as well have just been a traditional slasher at this point. Really boring characters. Yeah. And the characters we're supposed to care for with Jamie, we don't. Honestly, feels more like how Lori was in part two. You think you're supposed to care for her because she was the one that survived the previous movie. And she's given fuck all to do. She's given a little bit more than Lori. But she's still given fuck all to do. And then Loomis just being batshit insane this whole movie. Honestly, almost antagonizing... Jamie, in my opinion, doesn't fit with the character at all. So I'm giving this a one on the fact that they did improve Michael just a little bit from the previous. Fuck this movie. Remember, you don't have to go home, but you do have to put that pitchfork down. Otherwise, officers Dill and Doe are going to get you. And remember, they're bad cops, so be careful of their guns. Also, I don't care how much you love your car... If you hear a screeching noise behind you on your car and you look in the rear view and you see Michael Myers standing behind you, no matter how much you love your car, just get out the car and go in the other direction. Walk. You can take the bus to work. Your car will be fine. Michael's not going to destruct all cars. Not worth getting to a fist fight, Michael, where you say trick or treat, but he finishes your sentence with you with a damn claw to the head. Why would you get out of the car? Just start it and drive. You can do that too. <laughs> Why would you? If you can start the car fast enough for Michael not to come around and get your ass. To be fair, seeing as how he's supposed to be making a speedy getaway because he's getting illegal alcohol, his car should already be on and he should have already been out of there. Main point is just don't Main- try to fight Michael. Unless you're Buster Rhymes. Yeah, remember, only, only Buster Rhymes can bust a cap in Michael's head with his foot. Bust some kung fu in him. Bust some kung fu. Have a good night.